0: The Big Rick Podcast, the best of the biggest interviews from Big Rick in the morning on iHeartRadio, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are heard. See more info now at onairwithrick.com. Gavin, good morning. How are you? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. I'm happy to be here, Big Rick. I love how you made a play on words right there, Gavin. Uh, It's Gavin Edwards. That's his full name. He's on the Goober 95.1 hotline, and today... We're going to be talking about your new book called Kindness and Wonder. And uh, what this really does, I'm just guessing here, maybe you can confirm this, it really takes a magnifying glass into the legacy of Fred Rogers and the Mr. Rogers Show.
1: That's right. Well, I mean, part of the book is just talking about Mr. Rogers' life, which was remarkable in many ways. But the reason I wrote the book is actually the second half, which is, uh, it's called Ten Ways to Be More Like Mr. Rogers, uh, in Your Own Life. And, you know, sort of like so many people, they watched Mr. Rogers in the, the neighborhood when they were a kid, and you sort of like, there's this kind man with, who's like patient, and you sort of telling you that he cares about you and that you're special, and that's what you need to hear when you're six years old. But you put it away, and uh, then maybe you don't think about it for a long time, but here we are in this world that's like loud and crude and nasty, like more every day. It can do everyone a lot of good to get back in touch with that. <laughs>
0: Over the years, I recall not only watching Mr. Rogers as a child, but as I was growing up, I would see him make appearances on, you know, network TV talking about the psychology of children in America, and it was something that he was really passionate about, wasn't he?
1: Absolutely. It was, you know, sort of uh, his foremost concern was always children. Uh, That You know, he sort of uh, studied to be a Presbyterian minister, uh, but what I think he got out of that experience was... uh, the time he spent, like, learning child development as a result. And uh, there's so many stories about, like, in real life, uh, he would, you know, sort of, like, maybe he's out, uh, like, uh, for uh, lunch uh, with somebody important, but if he sees, like, a kid on the other side of the room looking sort of, like, awkward, unhappy, he will get up, he'll walk across the room, he'll get down on one knee, and he'll look that child in the eye and he'll speak with them and do what he can to make the situation better. So in ways... Large, where he's advocating for children before Congress or in the public eye, and just like one on one. That was like his paramount value.
0: Yeah. What I loved about his show is he did incorporate at that point in time pop culture icons in his show. And I see that, uh, you know, he, this features a lot of interviews from people he touched, like NFL Hall of Famer Lynn Swan, which might surprise some people, right? Uh, and also Rita yeah, so
1: Lynn Swan was on the show. Um, yeah. They were both Pittsburgh heroes. The. Um, uh, Uh, You know, Mr. Rogers filmed in Pittsburgh, and uh, Lynn Swan was obviously a Steelers star. Mm -hmm. Um, And he came on the show to demonstrate, uh, like, both his safety equipment and the fact that he was also an accomplished ballet dancer. Um, And so it was a way of uh, showing kids, uh, you know, sort of like, there's, like, many different ways uh, to be a grown-up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of my favorite people that I spoke with was Rita Moreno, um, you know, sort of like uh, the wonderful singer-actress who came on the show with her husband and uh, also her young daughter and uh, Rita sang a song and her husband who was a medical doctor sort of showed off the equipment like in his black bag with like the stethoscope and so on but their daughter was a big fan of Mr. Rogers but was also very shy and is just like clinging tightly to Rita the whole time and you know at the end Mr. Rogers quietly asks her would you like to feed the fish and so yes she does and then the, the family leaves and unrehearsed unplanned Mr. Rogers looks into the camera and says, did you see how she was very shy? But did you see how her parents would love her very much anyway? And Rita Moreno, like decades later, still was just so moved by that, that he was so attentive to, like, what was going on with her and that, you know, it sort of didn't push her, but, like, used it as an opportunity to sort of, like, make other children feel more comfortable and, like, peace in
0: the world. I mean, that's very, very, very fascinating. Uh, So as you were putting this together, what, what kind of memories flooded back for you? For Mister Rogers,
1: you know, for me, it was just sort of like being like an awkward kid. On my family is like ugly green couch, and uh, but just like <laughs> I loved the show, it, like uh, I watched it every single day, and I don't think uh, I sort of even knew why I was responding so strongly uh, to it at the time, but it was exactly like what I needed then. Uh, my favorite uh, was always um, the transition between. You know, sort of like his house in the neighborhood, and then when he would go to the neighborhood of Make Believe, either with like with, through the trolley or sometimes through like little models they would bring out, and it had this sense of just like anything could happen at that point, like it was just sort of like the infinite possibility of imagination.
0: Let's talk about the legacy of Mister Rogers. You know, I, I, here's the way I would coin him in a nutshell, if I could. I felt like, Please. as far as children's programming, he was the safety blanket. Uh, for many children, for many years in America, would that be accurate?
1: I think that's right. Security um, blanket—that's uh, that, that, you know, sort that, of like yeah, <laughs> uh, that a sense of like emotional reassurance that like lets kids like grow and figure out who they are, and uh, you know you can't do that unless you feel secure in the world. Um, so he made a point of you know like you know he respected the good intentions of Sesame Street. Uh, But uh, he strongly believed that, like, his uh, focus on, like, the emotions of children over drilling, like, letters and numbers was the way to, like, help, like, young children best. Um, But he did make a point, and this is, like, one of my favorite subtle things, um, that in a way that children didn't even realize, he helped uh, get them ready to read. Because he would always stage the action on the show going from left to right. Mm -hmm. He comes in that door, he walks down the stairs to the right. The trolley comes in, it goes left to right. And so he's just teaching kids, like, you know, get the flow of your eyes going left to right so that, like, a year or two from now when you start to read, like, that habit is already ingrained.
0: Yeah. It sounds like he also maybe believed in consistency because the beginning of his show and the ending of his show were always the same but always different in a way, too, but a very consistent. Uh, how would you describe that?
1: I mean, uh, he understood the importance of like you know ritualistic transitions. I mentioned uh, you know sort of like the way he would you know sort of like go into the neighborhood of make believe. But the show begins with him. He comes in. He's singing the same song. You know, he sort of changes out of his jacket into a sweater and out of his shoes into like, his sneakers. And it sort of, I mean, it's sort of—I mean—it's very fascinating the way he presents himself. He's still an adult. You know, he's not pretending like he's like a clown or dressed up like a kid. But he's also approachable. He finds this middle ground where, you know, sort of like it's time for a visit to begin, and I'm like an adult, but I'm an adult that you will find
0: approachable. You know, one thing uh, I always uh, picked up for Mr. Rogers as I went into my teenage years and as an adult listening to some of his interviews over the years, it felt like that a lot of his work he felt was still... Uh, left undone, if that makes sense. He was really concerned about how the future was going to impact children's psychology. W- what do you think his legacy is? Uh, what do you think his legacy will do to help change that down the road in the future?
1: So the reality is that you know, sort of like as important as the show was, and you can still watch it. It's still on DVD and it's mm-hmm. still streaming, but most kids don't. Uh, that you know, it's not on TV every day uh, the way that it used to be what there is, is the legacy of millions of people who watched it and absorbed, uh, like, uh, the lessons. Mm -hmm. And some of them have gone on to do their own TV shows. And some of them have gone on just to be parents and to, like, uh, use those values in their own life. And he did what he could to, like, remind people of them. uh, That, you know, he gave dozens of, late late in life, he gave dozens of speeches um, to graduating uh, classes and colleges, And, you know, sort of, like, He's got half an hour, and he can, like, sort of reawaken in, like, young people, like, why they had been watching his show before. And, you know, sort of now, you know, sort of I hope people read uh, my book, but however they get in touch with it, you know, like, whether it's watching the Tom Hanks movie or watching the documentary that came out last year, uh, you know, sort of if that, like, reawakens, uh, you know, sort of, like, the values of Mr. Rogers and helps them make, like, things a little more neighborly, like, around them, then, you know, sort of his legacy continues.
0: Fascinating. I can't wait to open this book up and take a look at it. Gavin Edwards on the Goober 95.1 hotline. The new book is called kindness and wonder why Mr. Rogers matters now more than ever. A great conversation. Just fascinating to listen to you talk about this man and, uh, tell them real quick where they can find the book and how they can uh, look you up as well.
1: Um, uh, anywhere, uh, you know, you won't do so well at an Arby's, but basically anywhere books are sold, uh, you will find this and, uh, if they want to check me out, I have a website, gavinedwards.com, and I'm on Twitter at Mr Gavin Edwards.
0: I also see thank here. Thank you
1: for inviting me into your neighborhood.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for for letting us come into the neighborhood. Also, real quick, I might comment. I see a title here: the the towel of Bill Bill Murray. Am I saying that correctly? That looks interesting too. Yeah,
1: the, Dow, the Dow, of Bill Murray. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, who is somebody obviously very different from Mr Rogers, but also somebody who like. Uh, you know, sort of like changes the world, like on a one-on-one basis. He has a philosophy of, you know, I'm going to wake people up. And sometimes that means he crashes your party, he washes the dishes and leaves. So I'm love what I uh, uh, <laughs> about him as a philosopher.
0: Oh, that's, that's awesome. I can't wait to check out that title too. Well, Gavin, thank you for joining us today and best of luck with the new book, man.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate
0: it. Thanks for listening to the Big Rick Podcast. Remember to subscribe on iHeartRadio, Apple, or Google Podcasts, or anywhere podcasts are heard. See exclusive video interviews and content now
1: with the Big Rick in the Morning YouTube channel. Subscribe now at onairwithrick.com.